The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Hello and welcome once more to an episode of Who Knew and Review, a podcast from the Galactic Network. Let's start with a little bit of Christmassy news. Now, we still don't know much very well, much very much about Justin Chapman's Doctor Who Christmas special character, Grant, or the superhero known as The Ghost. But it looks like he's set to smash our ways onto the TV screen in style. Chatwin is seen blasting through a skyscraper window in a new snap from the festive edition of the sci-fi show. Much to the surprise of Peter Capaldi, Matt Lucas and Charity Wakefield. There's a rather nice animated version of this particular poster. It's a jolly good show. Seems we'll soon be ramping things up. Speaking of ramping things up, fans get themselves into a frenzy quite often. And one of the things they get themselves into a frenzy over is the likes of Paul McGann. Now, back in June, Paul McGann stated that it feels like it ain't quite over, with the it in question being his days of running around with a sonic screwdriver in live-action Doctor Who adventures. We sort of got an update on that. Who fan Steve Dunn wrote to Doctor Who magazine asking showrunner Stephen Moffat to please do a multi-Doctor story with the 8th Doctor and the 12th Doctor. And Moffat's response was to neither confirm nor deny that he'd be up for it, merely stating it would be a tough task. Well, yes, of course it's going to be a tough task, Moffat. But isn't that what you writers do? Oh, sometimes, you know... Those fine folk over at Courtbox are reporting that the latest uh, new director to board the Doctor Who Series 10 train is a certain Mr Wayne Yip. Yip's work will be familiar to fans of the first series of Channel 4's cult series Utopia, on which he worked with Alex Garcia Lopez. If you've been keeping up with Doctor Who's spin-off Class 2, you'll have seen his characteristically stylish and dynamic hand in the most recent two episodes, Detained and The Metaphysical Engine or What Quill Did. I don't know about you um, because I haven't watched Detained yet. That's on the viewing for tonight. Ah, maybe I'll have a little pause in my recording and then I can do you a proper class of who. Ah, the science of Doctor Who. And this time, we have the Sonic Screwdriver. Also called a Sonic Probe, or simply the Sonic. It's a highly versatile tool used by the Doctor. Modified and ostensibly upgraded over the years, giving it an increasing number of applications. Early inversions were just used for mainly picking locks or projecting sound and maybe detonating objects and frying circuitry. But the question is, could this device actually exist? The idea that sound waves carry energy seems intuitively reasonable. 
Think of the physical feelings that we experience when we stand too close to powerful loudspeakers with heavy sub-bass, sort of found at concerts at clubs. Sound can be felt physically and not just heard. Fantastic demonstration of this phenomena can be found in the acoustic levitation experiments. Now, whilst this looks like spooky action at a distance, it's purely down to the fact that acoustic waves carry momentum. This means they can apply a force, usually called the acoustic radiation force. If the force is stronger than gravity, indeed objects can be levitated. Now, this may be of great use for repelling objects, but totally useless for turning screws. And this is where acoustic vortices come to the rescue. These are acoustic waves with wavefronts shaped in a spiral pattern called a helix. The spiral provides acoustic vortices with a rotational rather than linear movement. If this momentum can be transferred to an object, well, such as a screw. Now, the first to get close to a real sonic screwdriver was a research team from the University of Dundee in 2012, who created an acoustic vortex with a special medical ultrasound transducer designed for destroying tumours. They used this device to rotate a large disc made from a material which absorbs the rotational momentum of waves. Whilst this is impressive, it doesn't really replicate any of the sonic screwdriver's capabilities. We've gone a step further by showing similar devices can be scaled down and used to manipulate microscopic particles. The ex how exciting is this knowledge that the particle's motion is extremely sensitive to their material properties, such as stiffness and density? This could lead to new methods for medical diagnosis. For example, healthy cell cells can be distinguished from unhealthy ones. Cancerous cells are thought to be a little bit softer than healthy cells. These detect detections could be possible on a very small scale. Perfect for medical diagnosis and for forensics. It's likely that acoustic vortices will soon join existing methods as a new tool for the controlled manipulation of tiny and microscopic matter. So sometimes, science fact is just as cool as science fiction. I've included a couple of links to uh, Instructables and also to the register um, for a couple of ideas of how to build your own sonic screwdriver. You'll have to let me know how you get on. Hauntings, sky sounds, parallel universes, monster sightings, the New World Order, ghost ships, urban legends, mysterious radio broadcasts, and secret government facilities are just a few things we've talked about on Weird World Weekly. Listen to find out what's next. Go to gncasts.com slash weird to listen. Find out more and subscribe to the podcast that discusses the paranormal, mythological, conspiratorial, unexplained, or anything else we think is a little strange and out of the ordinary. Also, Matt's continuing search for turkey recipes. It's all on Weird World Weekly, part of the Galactic Netcast network of shows, also available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you, Dave Nelson. Weird World Weekly is one of the best shows on the, uh, on the network. If you like it weird, check it out. So, 
BBC America has released details of their Doctor Who Christmas special broadcast, along with a new poster and video. The Return of Doctor Mysterio will premiere on Christmas Day at 9-8 Central. I'm presuming that that's what that means. I don't know. I don't. I, I, I just don't. The Return of Doctor Mysterio airs in the UK, of course, on the BBC One at 5.45, making it a full-on family fun day treat. In the days leading up to the new special, though, BBC America will air a Doctor Who Takeover Marathon. Check your listings nearer the time for more info. Now, my favourite Doctor, Tom Baker, is the latest Doctor to join the lineup for Big Finish's Classic Dogs Doctor's New Monsters Volume 2. Now, this is due for your listening pleasure in 2017. Now, that's the classic Doctor of the tale. But which monster will he face? Hey, who turned out the lights? Oh, the Vashta Narada are back. How cool is that right so on to christmas and it's about time i gave you the synopsis if you don't want to listen to the synopsis then i suppose you just go la 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 for a few moments until i have finished the synopsis for the return of dr mysterio has been released now look away now if you don't want spoilers we already know that this year's christmas special will air on christmas day but we're still waiting on an airtime. Well, actually, we're not, because we know when that's going to be. This article is out of date. Still, the synopsis is as follows. This Christmas sees the Doctor join forces with a masked superhero for an epic New York adventure with brain-swapping aliens poised to attack. The Doctor and Nadal link up with the investigative reporter, a mysterious figure known only as The Ghost. Can the Doctor save Manhattan? And what will be revealed when we see Behind the Mask? The 60-minute special is written by Stephen Moffat. There is a bigger, longer synopsis thing that you can see uh, if you go to the uh, BBC Media pages, which I've linked to, or just that little snippet. But anyway, we're going to have an advert, and then we're going to be back with A to Z. Many thanks for downloading this podcast from the Galactic Network. We have so much to offer. Maybe it's horror or adventure gaming. Perhaps you just like to listen to a couple of nerds geeking out. Well, if that's the case, then visit gncasts.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com and have a good poke around. You'll be surprised what you find. Maybe you'd like to chat to the hosts. If so, then why not sign up to our Slack channel? Or simply you want to tell us what a great job we're doing. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Without further ado, Yes, the A to Z, and we are on M, M for monster. Actually, we're not, though, are we? We're on H, H for, H for, 
well, H for a lot of things. The monster this week is Mercy Hartigan from the episode The Next Doctor. She is from Earth. And, well, she starts off with pretty much no technology and ends up well, with quite a bit when she's cyberized. Mercy Hartigan, also known as Miss Hartigan, was a human agent of the Cybermen. She assisted them in their attempts to conquer Victorian Britain and then ultimately the world. However, once converted, Miss Hartigan's superior mind gained control over the Cybermen's technology. She not only killed the Cyber Leader, but also assumed leadership over the others. Shortly after this, the Cyber King rose out of the Thames and attacked London with Miss Hartigan as the brain of the vessel. The Tenth Doctor then used a device made from infrastamps to break the link between her and the Cybermen. She saw that she saw what she had become, and overcome with remorse and horror, destroyed both herself and the Cybermen in a suicidal attack. She looked great in red, though, so, you know, that's fair enough. Coming up next, it is um, a touch of class. I have indeed uh, looked into uh, looked into the um, episode Detained. I have re- looked at it, watched it, assessed it, and uh, I'm now going to spoil it for you in a little bit. So that's coming up right now. So, this episode detained. But first of all, let me tell you how this review works. It's not a conventional review. I will tell you a brief synopsis. I will tell you about the good bits, the bad bits, the most Hoonavian bits, and then any notable things in a way of review, followed with the universal rating out of five TARDISes. So the synopsis is as follows. The whole gang is thrown in detention by Miss Quill. Locked in her classroom, they're terrified when an explosion propels them out of space and time. Trapped, claustrophobic, and floating in blackness with no way of escape. Although a mysterious asteroid fragment may be their key to freedom. It forces the gang to confess their deepest, darkest secrets to one another. As ugly truths come out, fractures start to appear in the friendships group and then they make a chilling discovery they are not alone there is somebody in there with them okay so let's go with the good bits now The premise itself is quite a good one, albeit one which seems to have been lifted straight from the British science fiction comedy Red Dwarf. Uh, I mean, this is fairly similar, except less comedy. Do we, you know, do we actually want the truth? Uh, Truth episodes are good, I suppose. Oh, I can't tell you a lie. I'm going to tell you the truth. Oh, you're a douche canoe. Oh, look at that. You're a silly idiot. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Running your mouth off. But that's kind of what makes it good. But what made it bad was the acting. Um, And some of the... Some of the set-up scenes to get to a particular place. Just... It felt science fiction by numbers. 
Um, I think the premise, whilst it is a good premise, works better for comedic effect. And if you are not going to have that comedy in it, then it is quite a depressing dirge. So, the most universal bit. This particular episode felt less like less like it was in the Doctor Who universe than any of the others before it. Um, it wasn't it wasn't particularly good but still I wrote down some musings and I will expand on them as I'm reading them I presume so the opening line our detention's always like this it was actually quite a funny line um, but if these were real 17 year olds then they'd probably have cider and crisps in their bag it really wouldn't be too much of a problem for them especially as the teacher seemingly locked the door and cleared off um then i just sat at the back drinking cider no is that just just my school then oh okay is the rock dangerous when they said is the rock dangerous i did wonder did they did they mean you know the rock because it was a glowing rock yeah uh no, of course the rock's not dangerous. You know, you find a perfectly obvious glowing rock. Like, really, give me, uh, give me a break. Do me a lemon. You'd think, with all of the Hooby gang present, it'd be a great time to build their build their characters. Fingers crossed. Although later on in the episode, I was actually oh, so you're so you're not then that's a shame you're not going to develop these characters at all they're still most of them are still very two-dimensional and quite dull and it struck me that the the gang were a bit brainless there's a scene in there where you pick up the rock you're forced to tell the truth yeah so people will ask you a question and you have to you have to answer the truth now this is a little bit like uh, rubbing a genie's lamp if you will you have to word your wishes carefully and this is you have to weird word your your questions in a particular way and rather annoyingly considering these are meant to be you know 17 year old one of them's a 14 year old like child prodigy genius type they have no idea how to f ask questions to maximize their answers and it struck me that they're all a bit brainless um this whole nonsense of I'm going to pick up the stone. Oh, please don't pick up the stone. I'm going to pick up the stone. Oh, please don't pick up the stone. The first person, really, after after um, child prodigy girl picked up the stone and started spouting her mouth off, um, I'd have gone, alien boy, can you pick up the stone? Because you're an alien, you're different. Why would that make a difference? Well, because isn't that how you do experiments and stuff, you know, but still... You know, what can I say? They're such airbags. Oh, is that an insult? Calling someone an airbag? According to this show, it is. Now, it all went along and it was all a bit meh. And then Ram. And Ram, really. I, start, I, I started off liking you. And then I was like, I don't like you. And then I was beginning to get disinterested. 
and then you made a knob gag and let's be honest I'm puerile and British enough to think that that was actually quite funny and then we get Quill right at the end making an entrance and that was a pretty damn good entrance and it looks like a hair episode which is all about Quill next week and what she got up to during detention is going to be a doozy but this one, this particular episode that I watched I'm afraid that's only two TARDISes out of five I shall be back next week with more Who Knew and Review until then, toodle pipskies This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.